0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.
2: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your
3: Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective.
2: Okay, welcome to the final episode of Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist for... Wait, is this the final episode for the year? Yeah. It is? Yeah,
3: yep. It's going to go up on December 28th, I believe. I'm going to double check that. But I believe this is going to go up a few days before the new year. Yes, this will go up on December 28th. Wow. Actually, our, our first episode of 2020 will technically be our mini episode on the 1st of January.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, what a year. Am what I right, year? Madigan?
3: <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that there is a possibility that we could get through a year of news from 2020 in 30 minutes for a mini episode. So I think that it's probably a good, re- uh, a good idea that we're doing this episode now when we have our full episode time slot rather than trying to cram a year of atrocities and into a half an hour
2: it it was wild and you know I get what people say when they're like hey let's all stop pinning it on the year 2020 you know it's not the year it's all these other things and I'm like yeah of course Um, a lot of this stuff especially with the stuff that we saw over the summer that was you know Centuries of tension and stuff that had built up, and it was just like now at a breaking point. Yeah, um, and uh, that's the same with a lot of this stuff. A lot of the things we saw in politics and uh, the handling of the pandemic, especially here in the United States, and all that. Yeah, stuff. Uh, and I, I am under no delusion that 2021 is going to be this pristine perfect year no and all of this stuff is just going to to end immediately on new year's day um we know that it won't however i think i can speak for all of us when i say goodbye and good riddance
3: yes definitely you know this is the this is the first year where you know i'm kind of looking back and doing an inventory and i can't think of a lot of things that i've done that have really like progressed my life in any sort of way like I can't it it just I look back and everything is just sort of a blur like it didn't really happen almost like it totally happened like everything that we're going to talk about happened but as far as like everything in my personal life it's like all the days have just blended together and 2020 almost just like didn't exist to me
2: yeah. I mean, every day kind of did feel the same. And while I will say, I feel like on a personal level, I had a lot of personal growth this year. Like I really had to look inward because where else was there to look um, right. during this this trauma-filled year, you know? Um, so I will say for me personally, I do feel like there was some personal growth that happened there. However, as far as time goes like my concept of time is completely thrown like it it doesn't feel like this year should almost be over yeah it's very bizarre to me that an entire year has passed it's funny because when i was
3: doing research on what happened about a year ago in january of 2020 some of the events that i was reading about i was like gosh it almost feels like that just happened yet it happened a year ago. Like, there really is, like, uh, there's this weird thing of everything before March seeming like it almost happened in another time, but, like, it happened right before. Does that make sense? Like, everything since
2: March has just kind of been paused. It's very weird. It's like, it either, to me, it either feels like it just happened or it feels like it happened a long time ago. Like, it's like there's... No in between. So to kind of jump right in and kick us off, yeah. a, an example of that would be the Australian bushfires. Like yeah. I had to remind myself, like I read it in an article a couple of months ago, that the Australian bushfires, um, those devastating wildfires that tore through um, the country that happened in December of 2019 and kind of like leaked over into January of 2020. And mm-hmm. that to me felt like so long ago. Like yeah. how could that possibly be in the same year with all this other stuff? It's
3: funny because as I was doing research for this and refreshing my memory, I was I was remembering like particular things that we've discussed on the episodes. And I could have sworn to you that we discussed the Australia brush fires during the pandemic, but I might be getting them confused with the West Coast wildfires i'm not sure but it was it was a lot of that like discombobulating um stuff to me but definitely you know returning to you know this topic in particular you know a reminder that it burned 47 million acres it displaced thousands of people it killed at least 34 people and at least 500 animals as well it was the country's deadliest wildfire season ever which is devastating horrible
2: well I do know that there was talk um and and the reason why that was okay is because yes, the wildfires were happening in January, and while we weren't locked down yet um, or even fully acknowledging that there was like a real issue right the covid nineteen pandemic was announced on January ninth um by the World Health Organization, so I do remember, and I think I even said it on a mini episode. Anthony and I were watching the news, like we were on the news app, the CNN app on our TV, Mm -hmm. and I remember just feeling so overwhelmed by all of the terrible news because they were covering the Australian fires and the emerging COVID-19 pandemic at the same time. And it was like, it didn't matter like where you were turning to, it was just... Yeah, it was
3: crazy. Well, and it wasn't even COVID-19 at the time yet, it was just like... You know, I kind of went through this whole like coronavirus timeline as well. And they were talking about how in the beginning it was like these pneumonia cases. And, you know, I kind of had to refresh my memory on all of this in the beginning and how little we knew, but were yet somehow aware that there was some new virus in existence. At least that's how I remember that time period.
2: Yeah. Well, the world and the World Health Organization on January 9th did at that time call it the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, because it is, you know, the novel coronavirus. It, it was coined as COVID-19 later down the road. Right. Um, but we did know that it was a strain of the coronavirus okay. at that point. Yeah. Um, but but none of us knew what that meant. N- like- yeah, exactly. Well, the day before January
3: 9th, on January 8th, was when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced that they would be stepping down as senior members of the royal family, splitting their time between the UK and North America, and would become financially independent. That is another one to me, which seems like it happened three minutes ago and three years ago.
2: Yeah, see, I was going to say to me, that one feels like it happened a very long time ago. Like, yeah. I feel like that was announced so long ago. I can't believe it's been less than a year since they moved to North America. Like, that seems totally wild to me. I know rationally that it couldn't have been because Archie, their son, isn't that old. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it is, it's, it's so crazy that that happened not even a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I did, I also did, kind of a timeline of things that happened and then I went back through my timeline and added in kind of benchmark things about covid so on january 11th -hmm. china reported its first death um the first u.s case was reported on january 20th and it was a 35 year old man in washington state and then on january 30th the world health organization declared it a public health emergency so all of that stuff happened within like Two weeks. Yeah. Was like, hey, this thing called the coronavirus exists, and now it's a public health emergency. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, I have that at, in January 11th. The first victim of the coronavirus was a 61 year old man who was a regular customer at a certain market in Wuhan. And then I had that, the, it was actually the next day, January 12th, that a man in his 30s in Washington state developed symptoms after returning home from Wuhan. And then while all of that is kind of starting to come up in the news, we are getting very distracted because January 16th was when Trump's impeachment trial began.
2: Right. Yeah, so a a couple of things happened at this time, which served as a major distraction. So the impeachment trial was going on, and then on January 26th, at least here in the United States, particularly here in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. um, the entire world was mourning Kobe Bryant um, and his daughter Gianna, as well as seven others who passed away in a helicopter crash. That day will always be... So fucking wild
3: to me because I was actually at the Grammys. I wasn't at like the Grammys, Grammys, like the one that you see on TV. I was in like the earlier day when they do all of the like other awards and then all the ones that like Popular America cares about they televise on TV later. So where we were, I can't remember what the theater was called, was right next to the Staples Center, which is like the home of the Lakers. Kobe's home and I remember being at like breakfast before going to the awards and seeing that and by the time I left the awards ceremony it was just like chaos and sadness everywhere like there were so many people now thinking back on it I'm like oh my god all the coronavirus but I mean there was like hundreds and hundreds of people and driving home was a pain in the ass but oh my god it was so sad every radio station uh, you know, the Grammys televised that night had so many dedications to him, even though it happened that morning. Like, it was insane in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, it really was. My brother was here visiting, and it was Anthony's birthday, January 26th. Mm. And we were leaving that day to drive to Anaheim to go to Disneyland. Oh, boy. And The drive up to Disneyland, it was like there are all those digital billboards and all of them had been changed, you know, like Kobe with his birth year and and death year and, you know, pictures of Kobe and Gianna um, and yeah, all the radio stations we were listening to the radio on the way up there. And it was just like Angelino's calling in and talking about how much the Lakers meant to them and how much Kobe meant to them. And yes, we did a mini. We know about the complicated Yes, legacy. We don't want to sweep that under the rug at all. Um, But I'm just saying like as as somebody who like lives in Los Angeles, it was a crazy big deal. Oh
3: my gosh, it was it was a citywide warning. Everyone that you spoke to everyone that you saw was wearing like Lakers gear like it was it was intense. Like everybody was very, very emotional. It was definitely a time of like you know, looking at your loved ones and being extra thankful. It was it was a crazy, crazy, crazy
2: day. Um, well, it was just crazy that that many people could could die. That. Way, Yeah. You know, because it wasn't just and it was families. It was like whole families that were devastated. Yeah. By this. Yeah. And so that was what was another aspect of it that made it so tragic on top of everything else.
3: Yeah. There was like this legendary figure, his daughter that had so much promise that, you know, was kind of in not really the public spotlight but like you know people were aware of her and you know knew that her dad was the coach and things like that and then the fact that it was like her teammates and their family and it was like a basketball thing and I don't know there's just so many parts of that story that make it so like tragic perfectly tragic for such a legend like I don't want to say perfect meaning that like it's like a good thing that's not what I mean at all but it's like it's one of those stories like Marilyn Monroe James Dean you know it's these these tragic ends to these like legendary figures Selena. Selena. yeah it's yeah, when something it's happens just,
2: that's so shocking yeah right because it's like nobody could have anticipated um that it was going to happen this suddenly and this way yeah you know and I think that that's I mean, and, you know, we were just talking before we started recording about The Crown. I would put Princess Diana in there. It was like nobody expected to wake up that morning and find that news out, you know. So, um it's going to go down as one of
3: those tragedies it definitely definitely was and to go back to what you were discussing with January 30th being when the world health organization declares the outbreak of the coronavirus as a public health emergency at that point uh there were 7818 confirmed cases total worldwide which is crazy to think about i mean that's a lot and scary you know if we're back in january of 2020 uh but at that time the majority of cases were in china and then 18 other countries were beginning to be restricted and then it was january 31st that trump restricted travel from china he shut those borders down and he loves to give himself praise for that um do you remember the cruise ship in japan that put like 3600 passengers in quarantine for two weeks in Southeast Asia. Do you remember that?
2: Yes, we also had one here in the States. Yeah, was a, a cruise ship that did a very similar thing. Yeah, it was. I That was the first time I remember being
3: the most aware of the coronavirus, I think because it was like, okay, one person in the US, like, they'll get it under control, whatever, like, and then I don't mean to say this, like, I'm not sympathetic to it but I was like okay it's in China like it's not gonna like you know I think I had this very naive view of what it was going to be and then with the sheer number and the fact that all these people were being quarantined on this ship I think was the first time that I was kind of being like oh fuck like this might be kind of scary you
2: know what was interesting to me was like I listen to the Daily Zeitgeist every single day yes and you so do I was listening to them saying in January and in February like you know all of the experts are saying it is Not a matter of if this comes to the United States, it's a matter of when Mm -hmm. and by the middle of the year, it will be impossible not to know someone who has had it like there will be connections. And so I think I was fairly, you were more in it than I was then. Yeah, I felt fairly certain that this was coming and I actually remembered having a conversation with my coworker. We were walking to a meeting and I think this was in like late February, actually. It had to have been. Actually, it may have even been very early March. No, it was late. No, early March. Yeah, and um, I me- remember saying to him like, I think they're going to send us all home soon. Like, I think they're going to send us all home he got to our make little us work Oracle. from home. And... He was like, no, you think so? Like, I don't think that they're going to jump the gun on it that soon. And then it was like the next week. They were like, no, don't come back.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, we had a discussion as well, like a week before, not even a week before everything shut down because we had been discussing like, oh, well, maybe next week will have to be like our last week before everything shuts down. And then I actually ended up having to come and pick up my, um, I almost said remote, my microphone from you early because everything was starting to shut down. It was just crazy. And that was middle of middle of March by the time I think everything was shutting down in L.A., right?
2: Yeah, it was about middle of March. My last day at work, I think, was like March 13th. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but, I mean, it was just – it was – it should be an indicator of how ill-prepared we were. Like oh my gosh, they really, yeah. I. I had some kind of knowledge of or at least an expectation of where things were going only because I listened to a news show every day. Yeah. You know, but like most people don't do that. And the government and the people in charge didn't really do a good job of preparing people for what was coming at all. Like at all.
3: Well, as we know now, you know, Trump claims that he didn't want to make people panic and all this kind of stuff he has. All of his lovely excuses for why Which he was bullshit. ill-prepared. Absolutely. Oh yeah, complete bullshit. Well, February 9th was the Oscars. And the big... Yeah. I, isn't that crazy? The big winner yeah. of the night was Parasite. And everyone fell in love with Bong Joon-ho and his translator, Sharon Choi. We talked mm-hmm. about them on the show and how lovely he is and how lovely his translator was as and well a great great film such as well. a great film and it won best picture best director best screenplay and best international film and it was the first non-english language film to win best picture in the history of the oscars so it was a huge huge celebratory moment it was like Everybody was obsessed. Everybody was obsessed with that movie and the director and the actors during
2: that time. The Oscars next year, I mean, what is even going to happen with that? Have they delayed it or like, you know, it, usually I feel like Oscar nominations would have happened already. I'm not sure about that because I feel like it's always
3: later than I expect it to be that I get the nominations. And I'm wondering because they've had all these other award shows. They've, they've had the Emmys. They've had... Yeah, but nothing's come out in the cinema. Like, we can't even have, like, screenings. Well, nothing's com- come out in the theaters, but there's been a lot of other things that have come out, like, on HBO and Netflix. Like, I think it's going to be because things couldn't come out into theaters, you have to take into account all the other movies that came out this year.
2: I suppose, I don't even know what would be nominated, truly. Like, I don't even know, I can't even think of, usually around Um, this time when movies start coming out and you think, okay, these are quintessential, quote-unquote, Oscar movies. Right. I can't really think of any. I mean, Tenet will probably get nominated for some technical stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other movies that have come out this year.
3: I mean, I haven't really watched any recent movies. The only recent movies that I've seen have been ones that I could get like for rent after they've come out on DVD or like early release or anything like that. But I think I did read that movies that are intended to be released in theaters are going to be released on HBO Max, I want to say. Warner
2: Warner Brothers made that. Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah. So
3: like the Wonder Woman movie is going to come out on HBO Max, right? Right.
2: But I work for a major studio, and I work in releases, and I can't even tell you (laughs) what's released that could be nominated. That is a great point they're they're out there i just don't see them getting a lot of oscar nominations like mulan yeah. released digitally um Witches released digitally uh-huh. there are movies that did that were supposed to release in theaters that then pivoted to a digital release but i just don't see those movies getting nominated for oscars yeah you know like That's so. a it's,
3: really good point
2: i don't know we'll see i guess oh my gosh. and we'll talk about it on a mini i'm y- sure yes, when it happens we will okay so we're yeah we were already at like
3: past 20 minutes here so like you said February 11th COVID-19 gets is gets its name and I read today that they they chose the name which just is an acronym for coronavirus disease 2019 because they they didn't want to add any sort of like location or like anything specific to it to avoid stigma which I was like that's smart
2: well, but then you got Trump, so don't I was, worry, I was do that for you.
3: I was going to say, don't worry, plenty of stigma is coming its way. But I do appreciate that at least it wasn't made worse by the name or anything like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so starting on February 20th was when the stock market crash, known as the coronavirus crash. Wow, that's hard to say. Coronavirus crash <laughs> started and it went through April 7th. It was the fastest Fall in history and the most devastating crash since the Wall Street crash of 1929. And it signaled the beginning of what is called the COVID 19 recession. So I'm one of those people, like, I'm not really into the stock market, so I have to Google, like, why do I care about the stock market and things like that. And it makes sense to me because a lot of people, I think, definitely like my parents' generation that had a lot of money in stocks and have a lot of money in stocks, I don't really know what their deal is with that. But, like, if that's messed with, that can mess with your retirement and savings and things right. like that, which is For troubling. For instance,
2: I will say, like, I have a 401k, Anthony has a 401k, our 401ks were affected like, dropped drastically Mm -hmm. because of that, Um, which is concerning. However, I mean, and they they bounce back. If you just don't touch it, like, as long as the market comes back, you're fine, whatever. But what I will say is, like, this is why politicians using the stock market as a benchmark for how well America is doing financially is completely misguided and makes no sense because most Americans aren't tied up in the stock market. Like, it doesn't matter to them if rich people are doing well. You know, like, yeah. we had a huge lift in in the stock market after Biden became the president-elect. And meanwhile, we have the longest lines um, for food lines in the country since the Great Depression, Yeah, we have, you know, a skyrocket in um, people stealing food from grocery stores. So the stock market could be doing really well and everyday Americans are still really, really struggling. Yeah, I I think it's
3: kind of an old school way of looking at the economy, especially looking back to when we had like a real middle class. You know what I mean? I feel like back when there was a middle class, maybe the stock market would have been a better, you know gauge of how like better and obviously not foolproof but maybe like if more people were involved in the stock market like it would have a greater effect but in this day and age maybe because like millennials aren't as Aren't as big into it. Maybe that's why it's not. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah at least no, I'm no, no, not. Right. I shouldn't speak for we, all
2: millennials, but no, you should because we got. I and that's why. That's why we can't. We don't have the financial stability to be able to put money into stocks. Like yeah. that's just not the way that it's been. And I would say maybe I'm just cynical, but I think it's even deeper than that. And it's that it's it's not that they think Americans care about stocks. It's that the Americans they care about care about stocks, which is rich business people and and ceos and the one percent care about stocks so those are people who give money to campaigns and so it matters to politicians if those people are happy yeah (laughs) and if the rest of us it doesn't matter yeah well and i think it's
3: in a way i wonder if it's kind of like coded language as well just because i heard so much of my family talking about the economy and the stock market starting in the beginning of the pandemic where None of them are rich. You know what I mean? So I feel like it is one of those things that could be kind of coded language just to make people panic as well. It definitely made yeah. a lot of my family panic. So February 23rd was the killing of Ahmad Arbery. That is another thing that seems like it happened recently and forever ago at the same time. So to refresh your memory, if you need it, Ahmad Arbery was a 25-year-old black man who was going on a jog when he was followed by three white residents from the area in Glynn County, Georgia. Uh, he was killed, and one of the killers was arrested on May 7th. The other was arrested on May 21st, charged with felony murder and other crimes, and that was 74 days after the murder had occurred. So this is when we started to see um, some of the media, social media in particular, start to, you know, share the the very graphic video of his death. And we started to see... Um, Black Lives Matter come up a lot more in social media again and we started to kind of see what I felt like would the the inklings to the start of what would kind of explode after George Floyd's murder.
2: Right. Well I mean I feel like the reason why we think that it was sooner or why we don't feel like it was as long ago as it is, is because he was murdered on February 23rd, but none of us knew about it until later on, because that video wasn't leaked onto social media until quite a bit later. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, and that's part of the tragedy here, right? Is that like, without that video, um, as traumatizing as it was, and as much as I will never watch those videos, um, without that being kind of put out into the court of public opinion, it would have just been swept under the rug. Yeah, Like no one would have ever done anything about it.
3: Yeah, it's it, to me it felt like it opened this floodgate of things being, I don't know if it was just things being posted or new things happening. You know, I don't have the recollection of all of that to say exactly what happened, but it seemed like more and more um, police brutality was coming into the news at a more alarming rate than usual. When were they arrested? They were arrested in May, but I, I think I remember us discussing it maybe a few weeks before they were arrested because I remember talking about the fact that nothing had happened to. So it was
2: in May, on May sixth, yeah. That the video, the video footage showing okay. him being gunned down was released, and it went viral um, on social media. On May 6th. So it wasn't necessarily that there was more stuff than usual, right? And and we discussed this when it was going on. And we will get to May. But it was because um, you had things kind of happening in succession as far as these videos being released back to back. Yeah. So even though Ahmad had been killed in February... Video was released in May, and people were writing that. You know, I know there was people were wearing that. I run with a mod stuff, um, yeah. And and people were that was still very much in the forefront of people's minds when George Floyd happened. Yes, so we'll we'll get to that when we get to May. Yes, but, but yeah, I mean, it was there were these things that were happening kind of like back to back to back that caused us to be hyper aware. And also, as we talked about at the time, we were all locked down. Yeah, <laughs> so we were very much our attention was not as divided. Yeah, we were very you know. attuned to what was going on.
3: And, mm-hmm. and I think very, mm-hmm. I just feel like everybody was feeling a lot of things this year. Everybody felt very vulnerable. Everybody kind of had this self-introspection. And so when something like that happens, And we don't really have anything else to put our undivided attention into. I I really think that, and I, I can't remember if I said this during the time, but I think if there was going to be a time for us to put our focus on, you know, these social justice issues like racism in the country, that May 2020 was as good a time as ever, because there were people that were willing to put so much time into it. The most heartbreaking thing as both of us have also discussed is the dwindling of that activism as time has gone on but
2: yeah yeah i mean that's something i i hate to say i told you so america but there is audio proof of me saying it on this podcast i, I was going to say what's going to happen um, it's recorded for posterity so <laughs> do you ever
3: stop and think about that when like so we've said so much stuff like so many hours of us talking is saved on the internet on all of these platforms like we can roll the tape back for just about anything like if i'm ever arrested for things like i feel like there's so much
2: incriminating shit that i've said (laughs) yes i that notion takes up more of my mental storage than than you would think Like I actually had that conversation um, with my co-host of my worst date because the shit I say on that podcast, I love it is wild and I'm like, I can't believe this is recorded for all of time. But here we are. So yeah, you know, I, I've, I've thought about that as well. But I, I don't think I've
3: ever been a closed book. I don't know how to be a closed book. So I guess it's like, you know, whatever. Like if you met me in person, I would tell you these things anyways. Like if you were to ask or if the conversation were to come up. So I guess it's not that big of a deal that Well I probably can't run for office
2: now, but I mean I wasn't really want to anyway. I wasn't so. really
3: planning on it. That sounds fucking miserable.
2: I would it's not It's exhausting. Know. Although I did learn that um <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is only a few months younger than me or a few months older than me. Yeah. And that was But you know what? Nothing makes you feel more worthless.
3: You know what? People have different strengths. I look at her and I think the same thing. I'm like, you and I are like the same age. Like we could just be like gal pals and friends. But you are cut out for that job, AOC. I am not. And I appreciate that there are people in the world that are cut out for that job. Because as much as I care about the same shit as she does, there's no way that I could do that job. There's no way that there are certain things that I would, you know, where I can talk about and say, oh, I would want to change this and change that. I'm like, I respect what you do because if I was in that position, I'd just be screaming (laughs) and crying or crying. Yeah. It's for real both at the same time. That's how it works with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So February 24th was the Weinstein verdict believe it or not, when he was sentenced to 23 years for rape and sexual assault. So he is currently 68 years old, or he was when he was um, convicted, I believe. So he will be 91 when he is eligible to get out. Bye, bitch. And, you know, if we remember the charades with the walker and the, you know, the sickness and all that kind of stuff. So if we are to believe any of that, you know, maybe he'll go before twenty three years, which we would really appreciate. Well, especially
2: at his age, he will never get out and and hurt anybody else. And I think that that is so important. You know, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Yeah, it might not feel like justice, but it is. Um, what's really important is making sure that no one else gets hurt yeah. by this person. And so, I
3: mean, the thing that's still just crazy to me is that we don't treat rape and murder more similarly. In a court of law, mm-hmm. with I, agree. I would, God, I would much rather be murdered. Um,
2: anyways, so <laughs> let's get into March. Let's so do it. Let's jump in with some coronavirus news always on march on march 8th italy placed all 60 million of its residents on lockdown on march 11th tom hanks and rita wilson announced that they had been diagnosed with the virus which i think was kind of the first time that a lot of americans were like oh shit yeah uh, (laughs) maybe we should pay attention to this thing Um, okay and then it was march 13th which, which was i think my last day at work That was the day that Trump declared a national emergency in the United States. So at that point, not all states shut down. I do believe that California was getting ready to shut down at that point. It was still, Um, I believe, a rumor at that point. I have photos
3: on my phone, I believe, from March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, where I still had a couple friends over to the house, where I was aware that people were starting to kind of like get ready for the lockdown. And it was like the next day... That everything was officially shut down or whatever.
2: My birthday. So I'm looking at the calendar right now because my birthday was on a Friday and I was supposed to have a birthday party that day. So we were definitely shut down. I'm thinking the 18th. Was it the 18th? Yeah. I mean, I would say... Yes, because we were definitely shut down before the 19th. Okay, because I,
3: I base my months in quarantine off of the 18th, typically. So whenever it's the 18th of the month, I'm like, okay, I've been in quarantine eight months now. You know, yeah, things because like the, that.
2: the 13th of March, when Trump declared the national emergency, that was a Friday. Yeah. And that was my last day at work. So um, had to have been sometime around that time. They probably, actually what I think happened is I think on the 16th which was a Monday they announced that we were going to go into lockdown yes but that it wasn't going to start until a few days later or something like that yeah
3: I just remember I was a very fast decision because nannying at the time going from my regular schedule of like picking him up and bringing him home and all that kind of stuff immediately switched to like I have to be there early in the morning and I'm his teacher (laughs)
2: <laughs> in like a, in like two days, it changed everything, and it was well, crazy. Yes. And speaking of my birthday, yes. um, we cannot forget that the Tiger King documentary series was <laughs> released on Netflix on my birthday, brag March twentieth. Happy um, birthday! <laughs> and I, I, the only reason why I put that in my notes is something to bring up is because with. All of the world. So by March 31st, more than one third of all of humanity was under some form of lockdown, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when that documentary came out, it came out at like just the most perfect time. It really but when did. when people were like, we literally don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, and here's this absolute batshit thing happening on TV. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thinking back about watching Tiger King
3: is a fever dream to me. Like, I don't know if it actually
2: happened. It's wild. So on March 13th, the same day that the national emergency was declared, Brianna Taylor, uh, a 26 year old African American woman was fatally shot in her Louisville, Kentucky home. um, When plainclothes officers, Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove of the Louisville Metro Police Department forced entry into the de- the apartment. So, we are seeing kind of this build right. So, we've got Ahmaud Arbery was killed in February, Brianna Taylor was killed in March, and then the videos were released in May. So, yeah. you can kind of see the snowball start forming at this point. Um, yeah, I believe
3: Amad Arbery was the first one to kind of come into recognition and then I I think
2: well, we talked about Brianna Taylor on this show yeah, I remember before we talked about Ahmad Arbor. I remember talking about it back mm-hmm. closer to in the March. time that it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't talk about Ahmad until the video was released, but we had talked about Brianna yes. back in March, but it was a blip. It was a tiny, like, nobody was really talking about it. Uh I I found it because I was looking for things to talk about on this show and my ear was to the ground for things like that. It's really the only reason why I knew anything about Breonna Taylor at the time. It wasn't something that had gotten a lot of attention. Even when we talked about it, there wasn't so much known, really. And I think the only reason why it got very much attention at all um, is because, first of all, there was another woman who had been shot in her home not long before that mm-hmm. um with her nephew at home. Um so it was a trend that we'd seen happening. And then secondly, That's right. yes. Um Brianna Taylor was an essential worker, which kind of made it news. It made people want to pay attention to uh-huh. it because it was the beginning of um the lockdown, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a lot of attention being paid. Well, and Brianna's case
3: is tragic because there wasn't really any video evidence you know Ahmad Arbery blew up the way right. that it did because of the video evidence where Breonna Taylor um you know luckily came to recognition I think as we were starting to see these things happen you know or at least be reported more and more in succession with one another and starting to look back and see all these other deaths that had already occurred in the year and start Mm -hmm. getting mad about them, even though it was at a later date. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I believe I remember Brianna starting to come up around the same time of George Floyd's murder.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. And when I went to... some protests during that time again we're getting ahead of ourselves but whatever um whenever I went to some protests during that time I remember it being kind of a hot button issue especially among black women Uh because it does oftentimes feel like black women who are subject to police brutality or police violence don't get the kind of recognition that black men do mm-hmm. um, and that's not to take and then you know oftentimes i'll see black women friends of mine post things like that and then they get a lot of heat from the black community or from black men for derailing or deflecting or taking away attention or saying this isn't as important or whatever right. and um i don't think that that's what they're trying to do no it's i don't just see saying, it that way at all i think it's, yeah, it's um,
3: recognizing differences and how we respond to to different things and to different Deaths, You know, it's, it's looking at the way we, we respond to a white man's death and a black man's death and the difference between a black man's death and a black woman's death. You know, there, just as we talk about intersectionality, there is going to be differences in the way that um, the public in particular, I think, responds to certain deaths.
2: Right. Well, and it's important to point out, and I feel like people oftentimes think when black women point this stuff out that... Um, They are somehow like lessening the fact that black men are criminalized. Their bodies are criminalized, right? And so, yes, they face a different kind of stigma. Um, Their lives are more dangerous in some ways than even that of black women. But, But to me, that's a lack of understanding to wanting to
3: see the other side. Because I think about the fears of being a woman myself, you know, there was two armed robberies in my area last night and I was Mm -hmm. like, Max, you're taking the girls out the rest of the night. You know what I mean? Like those things, those things scare me. There are certain things that like all women have certain fears for. But I think when you look at, you know, the history, just from the things that I've learned, if you look at the history, especially of like Fetish, fetishization of black women mm-hmm. um there's there's another level of i feel um fear and vulnerability and disrespect and disrespect yeah, yeah to be a black woman so while it's not taking away and again i'm a white woman i'm not saying any of this of like i know what i'm talking about um just from the things that i've learned you know, there are different experiences for different people and in different intersections. You know what I mean? So it doesn't mean that one person bringing up one thing is taking away from the other. It's just saying, hey, look, there's something else that we, right. that we need to talk about. And I think the, the part that's so disheartening about Brianna Taylor's case, like I said, again, was the fact that there was no video evidence where we had a lot of video evidence for a lot of these male victims that happened this year. Um that I wonder if that helped them also
2: win their cases more. I wonder if gender was involved. I don't know. I'm not speculating. I I don't know. (laughs) Yes, I I would agree with that. And, you know, the last thing I'll say about this before we move on is just that, like, I know that there's a lot of frustration as well. And this is something that we've talked about or brought up many times Mm -hmm. um, on this podcast. Black women have a lot of frustration because... They're always at the forefront of movements, and they're always there. Black women have had the backs of black men since the beginning of fucking time, and white women. And they've like yes, you know yeah, but I mean both specifically sides. In this like sphere, like between black men and black women, it's like black women have caped for you and protected you time and time again, and they will always stand up for you, and yet it doesn't feel like it's always reciprocated. It's not. In the community no, in the and... His- um, in the history, I mean, with all the Black History
3: Months that we've discussed and the history of sexism and the NAACP and
0: mm-hmm, all of these... Yeah, yeah, it's
3: just, uh, it's very, very evident. And I, you know, always think about the fact that You know, white women never would have gotten the right to vote had it not been for black women to originally start with them. You know, there is this history of trailblazing in these, you know, different movements, yet the victims and the people who often are the champions of these movements are pushed to the side Mm when when Mm they are when they're women. Yeah. Well, we just got into a whole a whole topic. We did. Um, April (laughs) first. Let's move on to April. Yeah. Yeah. April Fool's Day. Cases surpassed one million globally on April first. Way back then, Um, April sixth, the Russian Imperial Movement was the first white supremacist group to be named as a terrorist organization in the United States, which is. Shocking. I thought for sure the KKK would have been.
2: No, they're still not labeled a terrorist organization. Fucking. There's that. Wild. So, lockdown
3: in Wuhan, China ended after 76 days on April 8th. And on April 10th, the global death toll exceeded 100,000.
2: Super fun. Yes. And um, also on April 8th, Bernie Sanders dropped out of the presidential race, Ah, which left Joe Biden to be the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party, because at that point, I mean, we'd already had um, the primaries and Elizabeth Warren had already dropped out after not having performed as well as anticipated in the primaries. Um, So at that point, I think it was when we were all kind of trying to come to terms with, all right. When did Biden's gonna be the nominee? When did Bloomberg jump in? He jumped in very late. Um, but I think at this point we kind of knew that Bloomberg was not in the running anymore. Yeah. I don't know when he dropped out, but there were we
3: there were like impossible. circles. I think it's like the rich mom circles from drop offs that were all like all about Bloomberg. Heard a lot of Shocking. buzz about Bloomberg and that, yeah just like... Shocking. Gross.
2: Uh, On April 30th, armed protesters stormed Michigan State Capitol with rifles and bulletproof vests. Keep that in mind as we go into what's going to happen the following month. Foreshadowing.
3: So, May 4th, Star Wars Day, uh, a highly venomous hornet
2: species, dubbed Murder Hornets, said that really weird... A lost plot of 2020. Like, I really feel like it wasn't developed. Like, that plot line really, I remember hearing like, murder hornets are coming, and then nothing. Uh, uh, you know uh, what I mean? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like oh, like it really did it did
3: nothing. Um really dropped off. Yeah, they were spotted in the US. They originated in Asia. Um they're big they're too. I saw a picture. fucking huge. They're inches big. Like they are big fuckers and they are venomous to humans, but they're also really bad for bees and we need bees. So it was a really bad thing for you know, all of us just in general. I'm very glad that the Murder Hornets didn't really have their 15 minutes of fame. Agree. They had like their Hard, f- agree. five minutes and that's all they needed. You know, we had enough shit going on. Because. So, like,
2: like we said earlier, the video footage showing Ahmad Arbery being gunned down was released um, to social media on May 6th. And then, uh, fast forward a few weeks, on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd... Um, He was at a grocery store in Powderhorn Park in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. and he was filmed with a knee on his neck. I I vividly remember seeing this. Like, It was the first thing I saw when I woke up in the morning. I woke up, I grabbed my phone, I opened social media, and it was the first video that started auto-playing on Facebook, um, which is... I Fucked fuck up that, Facebook. that stuff just plays hate, on its
3: own, and I hate that Facebook automatically turns the sound on too. It scares the shit out of me every time. Do they still do that? I haven't been on the app in a while. I'm I don't That's, have a Facebook uh, anymore. <laughs> That's right. So I don't know. Um. So yeah, I think that for most Americans, that image should be ingrained in your brain. If it's not, I don't know what's wrong with you. Not that I'm judging, but I think for most of us. That was a pretty, pretty big moment in American history, that video where for eight minutes and 46 seconds, a police officer had their knee on the neck of George Floyd.
2: Um, Well, and you can hear the, on. I mean, I know everybody knows this, okay? Like, everyone remembers, everybody knows this, but it was layers of trauma because it was like, you're seeing this thing happen you're seeing, it, it was what was happening. It was the indifference on Derek Chauvin's face. Yeah. It was the people, the onlookers, begging for somebody to intervene. Yeah. It was, it, it the, was other the officers normalcy. preventing. It yeah. was Yes, all of it. Yeah. It was so hard to watch. And then topping it all off was hearing George Floyd plead, essentially, for his life. Yeah. It was... Yeah, it was, and it's no wonder that a- after everything, like that, was the thing that finally broke it open. Like, yeah, you it know. was such, it was such a disappointing moment
3: for me, especially because all of this was happening in my home. Um, you know, especially when I've always felt a lot of pride having Minnesota be being one of the first states to legalize gay marriage. You know, especially the city that I grew up in being. Um, what I felt fitting pretty liberally for me, you know, I always felt like I had my place, and I felt like Minneapolis and St Paul in particular were always pretty welcoming for the eccentric and the different
2: and the you know and well, I so think that I think that's true generally, the same way that I feel like Portland generally is accepting yeah. the problem is these institutions that exist one and the fact and the fact that racism is an insidious thing yeah. in the roots of this country it and was, it doesn't really matter where you go it
3: doesn't it, it, no, nowhere is safe but it it was really a very strange thing to see like landmarks that I recognize being set on fire mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know m- people that I knew and loved in Minnesota participating in the protests being so emotional getting emotional watching it like it was such a strange thing having it all go down where I felt like I could almost see it happening live just from everybody on social media that lived there you know my my friends live very close my friends work in that area um it was it was very very shocking you know i remember in particular the target being burned you know target is a very mm-hmm. minnesota mm-hmm. you know kind of like company and feeling almost a sense of like pride and seeing it go down and like it doesn't matter like those things don't matter um don't hate me for saying that because so many people are like eh, no, yeah I, like
2: i <laughs> like i feel like that's something that we learned or should have learned this year is that like the stuff doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. The stuff doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like not really. I mean, of course nobody wants to see um, anyone's small business that they worked their entire lives for be destroyed. Nobody wants to see that. Um, Of course that is a tragedy with, you know, in itself. Of course it is. But at the end of the day, you know, the fighting for, justice and lives important and lives like these things are these things these things matter um and at the end of the day we wouldn't have been in the position that we were in if something had been done sooner yeah to this day nothing's really been done and nothing will be done because biden has basically said that nothing will be done yeah exactly (laughs) Um, i mean that was the
3: thing is that we we wanted to make as much noise, I feel like, and that's why, you know, as much as I don't necessarily agree with looting, especially when it becomes when it's like small business, businesses and things like that, like targets and stuff, fuck it, whatever, I don't really care, like, do what you're gonna do. But, um, you know, like I said, but, you know, I feel like people wanted to make enough noise and make enough of an impact that um, things would change. You know, you have to do that. Sometimes you have to make
2: bad you have to try I should yeah, say bad choices you know, but like you know you have to be
3: bad sometimes you to have like to, make to in the happen. words of
2: John Lewis get in the way you have to find a way to get in the make way good trouble uh, you have to get into good trouble right <laughs> and so um, I think a lot of people were, that's what they were trying to do um, and unfortunately in this country they were met with such violence I know I mean like it, it was appalling and that kind of leads us into June so on June 1st um, Trump and his administration tear-gassed protesters outside of the White House so he could get a photo up with a Bible in front of a church. Interesting
3: interesting thing about that. I read a couple of articles where it was like lists of things that people have sent in of like former Trump supporters and the thing that made them like switch or at least like not support him anymore. And a lot of people marked that moment in particular as being the moment they decided not to vote for him anymore, which is shocking to me because... It's been four years that he's been in office doing horrible shit. Uh, This was particularly
2: awful, though. It was was so transparent. I think that that was the problem was like so many people, unless you were one of his cult followers, like so many people could so easily and clearly see through that, um, which I, I feel like. You know, he does a lot of smoke and mirrors and can talk his way out of a lot of things. But um, that footage in particular is really hard to watch. And then the way he was holding that Bible in front of that church was so performative. It's so um, cringy. I, I, I really feel like a lot of people saw that and were like, oh, <laughs> I mean, and it sh- it's stupid. Yeah, that it, that's what it took. I know. But um, I really do think that that in a way it makes sense. Yeah, it know? was a very obvious moment of disrespect. Yeah. The fucking picture. Um so later on in June, former vice president Joe Biden clinched the Democratic Party's nomination um for presidential nominee. So at that point we knew, okay, here we go. We're settling for Biden. We're settling <laughs> Grin and Barrett. Here we go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um I, you know, I, I realize we're moving through this, but I also think we we have to, because we're coming up on an hour. Yes. But also. <laughs> We we have talked about everything that happened in the summer with what I like to call the fed up rising. Um Ooh. which I, I, I read it I read it somewhere and now it lives in my memory as that's what I think of it as As people were fed up, they were fucking done, um, and they were ready to wreck it. That is so.
3: perfect, Keegan, The fed up rising, calling it that from now on. Writing yes. it in my journal so, so I never forget.
2: That is what, that's how it lives in my brain. Yeah. Um, but the reason why we're not going to, you know, stick on that too long, even though, of course, it was probably the most important thing to happen this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and there was more, <laughs> you know. There's there's so much more, but we have talked about this so much in past yeah. episodes. So please feel free to go back and listen to those. Yes. We um, We do
3: need to cover a few other things that have happened this year, but luckily... Like we said earlier, there is uh, hours and hours of us talking, and there is oh.
2: So much, so many. Hours. In fact, you're probably sick of hearing us. Yes, talking but at if this you part. forgot and
3: need a refresher, you know, if you were to go back to our episodes May on, we had it was definitely the main topic of conversation for quite a while. It was. And we, it was. We do need to talk about a few other things that happened this year. Another big thing that happened on August fourth was the Beirut explosion. Wait, can I go back just real
2: fast yes, to July? You can Go to July. Now, I, oh, I, did I, you want to mention my birthday? Okay, so Madigan's birthday was in July. When's my birthday? It's a big deal. A lot of fireworks. Please don't make it. <laughs> yours um, is... July 8th? 9th. Very close. 9th. I okay, it. okay. I
3: always... Well, with yours, I can't remember if it's the 20th or 21st, because I have a friend that's one of the those 20th. as well. See? Well, I remember now, because you just said it, like, 20 minutes
2: ago, but... I feel like if you get within, like, one day, then it's it's acceptable. As long okay. as,
3: like, for you, if it gets to the end of June, beginning of July, and you're like, I think Madigan's birthday is coming up. As long as that occurs in your mind at some point, that's yes. all I care about. Well, then good. <laughs> I don't ask for much, you know, just, just a couple of nice thoughts, will. you know. Um, so what Well, what do you um, want to talk about from July?
2: I only have one thing for July, and that was that um, – Gosh, I don't know how to say her name. I just kind of don't care. It's Ghislaine, right? I say say
3: Ghislaine. That was my only note for July as well. I was going to skip it, but we can talk about it because it is important. Um, She was uh, charged with enticement of minors, sex trafficking of children, and perjury. Um,
2: Right. And that was on July 2nd. I only say that so we have at least one thing per month. Yes, Um, exactly. Um, So
3: with that, they're saying that because of the pandemic, that her trial date has been set for July of 2021. So... She's got quite a bit of time to rot in county jail or wherever she had. Probably not county jail. Did she jail? not get released on bail? I want. I wonder if she did. I don't say say know. There was no bail. Hope I wouldn't so. want to put like she reminds me of. Keith Ranieri from Nexium, where she would just like have connections with people that could like get her to She, she does
2: for sure. And she definitely, I think, after what happened to Jeffrey Epstein, um, they want to keep her alive. So that was my question. Probably, I'm like, like, is she going to stay alive until
3: July 2021?
2: They're, they're <laughs> probably keeping a pretty close eye on her, yeah. I would assume. Oh so my gosh. I don't know.
3: Oh my gosh. Uh, but yes, in August, in August, on August 4th, the Beirut explosion occurred. And that was a crazy day because I think both of us were pretty um, convinced at first that this was like an attack
2: or something like I, it was a very scary. Well, I didn't thing. believe it at first. I remember seeing the video. I was in I like just woken up, you know, you sent it in to bed. me. Yeah, and Anthony Anthony showed me the video and it was some guy in his apartment taking a video and you see the mushroom cloud yeah. and then you see his apartment get blown in, like the explosion that yeah. like, hits him. And I remember thinking this... This has got to, you know, this has got to be fake. Yeah. Like this has got to be somebody doing some Someone kind of it like, movie trick. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And then I had to look it up and I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Like, Oh, uh, well, this is a real thing that happened. And I just
3: remember googling like, "Why did this happen? Why did this happen?" Like it just it was giving me like 9/11 flashbacks almost. Like it just was such a horrifying visual. It was so scary. Um but it was caused by an accidental detonation of two thousand seven hundred and fifty tons of ammonium nitrate, which unfortunately killed a hundred and ninety people and displaced thousands. If you remember, there was that one video as well of the bride on her wedding day mm-hmm. during the explosion. It mm-hmm. was just crazy, a devastating, crazy. devastating thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. August 11th was when Kamala Harris was named as, uh, Joe Biden's running mate, and she became the first black woman and first Asian woman to be on a major party's presidential ticket.
2: Yes. Um, on August 28th, Chadwick Boseman, who was the actor who portrayed Black Panther, died to us what seemed very suddenly at the age of 43 after battling a four-year battle with colon cancer, after losing a four-year battle with colon cancer. And, you know, I I say it seemed very sudden because, of course, to him it was not sudden. This was something that he'd known for a while, but we didn't know. I mean, even
3: his closest friends co-workers
2: you know didn't
3: didn't know he really lived a very full life and I'm really looking forward to I can't remember the name of it right now but the Netflix movie his last film that Mm -hmm. he did that came out recently Mm -hmm. um with Viola Davis it's it's up yeah yeah I want to we've Mm -hmm. saved it in our list we just haven't watched it yet but I mean the man was a movie making machine in the last four years I would say the last four years were like his biggest moments of stardom you know, and you
0: know,
2: I wonder if, um, I wonder if some of that had to do with wanting to be able to leave something behind, you know, knowing yeah. that you're deteriorating essentially. I mean, um, the fact that luck would have it that he would get cast in all of those things in order
3: to leave something behind is pretty well, amazing. He was so talented,
2: oh, I mean, like, unbelievably he was so insanely talented, yes. Um, I, it's tragic because you just... you. First of all, it's tragic because he... Well, okay. First of all, it's tragic because he was way too young and he had a family and all of that stuff. Secondly, it's tragic because of what it meant to black culture yeah what he meant to to black culture and third it's tragic because we lost such an incredible talent and who knows what kind of incredible stuff and incredible art he would have been able to put out as he got older you know i know but Um, again like these like
3: these tragic endings for these people who are just amazingly talented like otherworldly talented like it really does add this this level of like legend status which like I'm not trying to put a positive spin on anybody's death because I really don't think I'm I mean yes there are positive like silver linings to things but there is something you know more remarkable now about his legacy than I shouldn't say that there would be before never mind I don't know what I'm trying to say there because he could have he could have left just as great of a legend I'm gonna cut all of that out so never mind um I, I know what you're saying yeah, but yeah it's just like there is something about that like very tragic legendary ending that leaves such an impact on us and i think particularly the timing of his death was heartbreaking um like you said especially for the black community from what i witnessed um when they were already when there was already such a sense of anger and sadness having somebody else that Represented so much hope and positivity to be taken away so suddenly. Yeah. It, it is really. Yeah. It's very shocking. Um, it felt like being kicked when you're down,
2: for sure. Definitely, yeah, it, was it was
3: like a, it was like a good thing being taken away. Something very pure and good and. Mm-hmm. there to make mm-hmm. us happy and be entertained I did read recently that they're not going to recast for the Black Panther I don't know what they're gonna be I don't
2: know what they're gonna do I really don't I, I, don't I heard know. that they are going to make the Black Panther 2 movie more Wakanda based or centered yeah Um. but at that point I'm like well is this a Black Panther movie then like y- I don't know yeah so it's interesting it'll be interesting I mean
3: I wouldn't hate if they were to go the Star Wars route for a bit of it a bit if did you watch the mandalorian did you watch the second? no no oh no. my god okay i'm not gonna say anything everybody go watch the second season of the mandalorian i liked the first season a lot i'm obsessed with the second season okay. it's so, That's what i hear the story it's just it's so good it's so much better than the first season i can't even tell you and the first season was great but i'm like in love with the second um should we move on to september
2: Yes, let's. Okay, so RBG. in September, again, yes, on a, on a very sad note, um, on September 18th, Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at the age of 87. She was the second ever woman appointed to the Supreme Court. Um, this was not only heartbreaking because she was so beloved, but it was also heartbreaking because she felt like the last line of defense yeah. for our democracy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? she felt it.
3: She told her her granddaughter, Clara, which I the way it looks is Clara Spira, but I think it's probably like Clara Spira or something. Um, but she told her granddaughter that my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. And the fact that like immediately there was talk of a new Supreme Court justice. And it was only a few days later on September 26th that Trump announced his intentions to nominate Amy Coney Barrett.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, um, we knew they weren't going to play by the rules. We knew they weren't going to play by the, their own rules that they had set several or years earlier. Or by Ruth
3: Bader Ginsburg's wishes. Like it's just like someone who's given her life well, to <laughs> service. It's that like, to me God. wasn't even on the
2: table. Like, I knew they didn't give a fuck about that. Oh, like, I knew they didn't care about yeah, that. Yeah, Trump had like, even if, said, like, I'm saving Barrett for Ginsburg. I'm like, fuck you,
3: bitch. Because he was like, I guess no, she was. such an asshole. She was in the running um, instead of Brett Kavanaugh. And he was like, nope, I'm going to wait for Ginsburg. I'm like, fuck you, you fucking well, piece of shit. he's such a piece
2: of shit. He's such a piece. Okay, yeah. I mean, News flash, I. Newsflash, Trump's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> We'll save that for the next mini episode, the mi- first mini episode of the new year. I can tell you how I really feel, you know, in case you didn't know. <laughs> oh, have you been raining it in this whole time? <laughs> I've been raining it in for 2020. I didn't want it to be too heavy for our listeners. Oh, my God. I have enough to worry about. Oh, my
3: God. So um, October 2nd. I'm going to jump to October
2: if that's cool with you, unless there was anything else that you want to discuss. Um, I just wanted to highlight that on September 28th, the global COVID death surpassed 1 million. Yes. So just, you know, we're just tracking COVID. We're tracking COVID as
3: we go. So in October, speaking of COVID, on October 2nd, Trump and Melania tested positive for COVID-19, where the president spent three days at Walter Reed and then went on to say that he is immune and cured. And, you know, we all held out hope, I think, for a little bit that maybe he would change his um, outlook on the pandemic having been sick himself no that
2: did not change Um, nothing changed I have never hated a person more in my life I know I don't like feeling this way okay but it's the truth yeah like I am not a person
3: that enjoys hating people like I actively try not to hate people like forgiveness is something that I really really work on Um, but I hate him I hate him uh, October 27th, Barrett becomes the 103rd Associate Judge of the Supreme Court of the United States, and Trump hosted a swearing-in ceremony for the event, and her first vote was in favor of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn and the Orthodox Jewish organization Agudath Israel of America uh, to open their doors for uh their members to join their congregation during the COVID-19 pandemic, saying that the restrictions violated the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. So I felt like that was very fitting to be her first vote. Of course it
2: was. It's very cool and good. Yeah, exactly. So wonderful that that has happened. Yes. Um, Do you have anything else for October? For October, I do not. Okay. Um, In November, of course. What happened in November? We... I mean, I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) Joe Biden became the president-elect. Yes, on November 7th, after four days of
3: being peeled to CNN. And of just ripping our fingernails and off having, from our nail beds. having crushes on different men pointing at different computer
2: screens and talking to us, like... Very stressful. I, I'm sure Xanax like, consumption went way up in those few days. I am amazed that
3: I have... That I kept my Xanax bottle closed during that time. I'm happy it's to say amazing. that the Xanax <laughs> bottle stayed closed during those four days, I believe.
2: It went from such high anxiety to such relief so quickly. Oh, and to such and elation, again, you know, like,
3: you know, we knew that there were downsides to him being the president, but there was you know, November seventh was definitely a great day of celebration and just like relief from the country well, collectively. And-
2: with the year we had, look, we needed it. Like, yeah. I think Biden is far from a perfect candidate. In fact, I can already tell he's about to fuck up like six ways to Sunday. Mm-hmm. I can already tell. But um at least we got that one day to just breathe, let go of a lot of this anxiety and know that, OK, we're going to have to fight. We're going to continue. We're going to have to continue to have to fight battles. But the battles will be very different. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to be battle a
3: brick wall. You know, it's going to there's right. going to be at least some things that kind of permeate and get through, which I think is helpful to remember. You know, it, it's it's celebrating uh a, a time of politics that we Feel more comfortable with, and that seemed more peaceful to us, and that we want to get back to. So even if it isn't perfect and it's not progressive, like it's not where we should be, it's not where we should be moving forward. But even if we have to move backwards to move forwards, I guess that's kind of where we're at right now. So,
2: so long as people don't get too comfortable, that's my fear. Is that people are going to slip into this comfortability? Yeah, um, I, don't about about our, do that, I don't think you have to so. worry about our. I don't think you have to worry
3: about our listeners with that. They listen to us.
2: I trust, them. I trust I trust you <laughs> listeners. We trust um, you so, so much. <laughs> that immediate high was dampened very slightly um following the, the following day on November 8th when Alex Trebek, host of Jeopardy, passed away. Um he was battling stage 4 pancreatic cancer and everybody on this podcast knows that I am a huge jeopardy fan i still watch it new episodes were just or not new episodes but more episodes were just released on netflix um and we watch it almost every night even now yeah Uh, max and
3: i actually got the xbox game of jeopardy so we've been playing that and it's really hard and the thing i gotta say this so i also love watching jeopardy i got into it more when i started working for my last family because the dad was like all about jeopardy so we watched it every night um, but playing it is very frustrating because I didn't grow up with video games, so I don't have the fingers to, like, hit the trigger fast mm-hmm. enough, so I never get to Dexterity. even play. So mm-hmm. Max gets to answer all the questions,
2: but... You gotta practice. Gotta get good know, at I it. I know. I
3: think I see the track practice like my trigger finger, you know?
2: I'm mm-hmm. doing what I can. Mm-hmm. But I
3: love, I love Jeopardy! And Alex Trebek was another... Such big loss of another thing that was just so pure and good and happy that we had to, you know, go through. And he
2: hosted that show for 36 oh my gosh, years, I know. I know. 36 years, you know, um, and even though sometimes I watch that show and look, I'm saying this with all the love in my heart. Alex was sometimes a shady bitch like the things that he would say uh-huh. to contestants. <laughs> yep. Crack me oh, up yeah. like he he makes me laugh so much. Um, I mean you got to He's like low-key kind of shady. You got to have fun with what you do and you know what if you've been doing it for as long as he
3: has you can say whatever you want to the contestants. What's going to happen? It was
2: it's very fun <laughs> to watch but um uh, R.I.P. Alex we love yeah. you. Yeah. Well what happened in December? So, December, the only thing of note that I can really say um is that the covid nineteen vaccine ah yes, has started to roll out the, the first <laughs> Americans were vaccinated against the coronavirus on december fourteenth um and uh da, 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 and the second inoculation that was developed by Moderna, that first one's by Pfizer, the second one by Moderna, um, was given FDA approval on December 18th, and states start receiving um, started receiving inoculations with the Moderna vaccine on December 21st. Uh-huh. And then I just read today that even though the Trump administration totally fucked up and didn't order enough Pfizer vaccines right. when they had the chance, um, Pfizer is working out a deal with other manufacturers so that more vaccine can come to the United thank States. You, um, thank you, Pfizer. God. Jeez, <laughs> yes, for saving our
3: asses. <sighs> well, my God. You know, I was, I was thinking today, like I said at the beginning of the episode, kind of doing some inventory. And I can't really say that there were a lot of really great things that happened to me this year, like events or anything like that. You know, luckily... There were some things that happened to people in my life, like babies were made, babies were born, weddings happened, weddings got canceled. (laughs) I mean, there was a lot of good and bad that happened. I feel like even the things in my life that are making me feel stressed and more vulnerable than I have in a very long time are also like positive moves for me in my life that I don't think would have happened if the pandemic would have happened. So I feel like in a lot of ways this year has had a lot of blessings in disguise with the way it's made us kind of take personal stock on ourselves. But because of that, it's made it that much more difficult, I think, because all of us have become more vulnerable, almost, it seems like.
2: Well, I think hopefully we are far more aware. Hopefully, we spent at least some of this time in introspection. Yeah. I think um, it is important. I know that not everybody <laughs> did that. Um, I certainly did for at least, I, I tried to, yeah. at least, you know, and um, I learned a I lot. I can this say year. that, yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I can say that I did grow. And I think that that is important and i i don't want to write this year off as a loss um a lot of bad things happened i am happy to let this year go and let it be a part of my history in the rear view but
3: yeah it's another year that i feel like when i have children one day or i can just share stories with people that i can say you know this is what i was doing during that time and I guess that's kind of the, the way I'm looking at it. It's like, you know what? One day it's going to be a thing of the past. And I can talk about all of these things. Like, they don't matter anymore because it's and none of it's going to, well,
2: you know? And you're never going to get a time like this again. And while I, I'm very grateful yeah. <laughs> that hopefully this is – hopefully. Please. Please. No more killer um, this viruses, a, please. This is a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing that will happen, I hope. Um I can also say, like, when else in my life will I have the opportunity to be home as much as I... Yeah. I in my adult life, that, that isn't something that happens where, like, you don't have to... For me, at least, I didn't have to go into the office yeah. every day. I could kind of be more free yeah, but you know, time during the it's day. It's changing and- that stuff up. You know, the workforce
3: is changing. The way that we live life is changing. I'm looking forward to what this post-COVID world is going to look like, you know, even looking, me looking too, for jobs right now, feeling like I have different opportunities than I had, than I had maybe, mm-hmm. you know, in years and past. And you take stuff so. of what
2: matters to you, too, Yeah, you know, I, I think that that, that is something that a lot of people are taking out of this, you know, yeah. so... I think there's there's good and there's bad and we've all learned a lot of lessons. Yes, so. I've definitely
3: definitely I've had a lot of new obsessions of things to learn about this year. I feel like the biggest thing is just like my own personal wealth of knowledge, both about myself and just about things that I'm interested in.
2: So there's my oh yeah, plus I learned side. how to do so much stuff. I learned Keegan, some bacon so, bread, so much stuff. So much baking, so much gardening yeah. was going on. I worked, I got, I, I was in the pandemic in enough time to get both in and out of shape. You yeah.
3: Know? Like it,
2: it was a, it was a wild.
3: I ride. didn't exercise once besides some walks <laughs> with the dogs. I didn't do any, I did no pandemic fads I my life really didn't change much except for I worked more for the most time during the pandemic so I didn't really have time for all of those things like everybody else did I got home and just wanted to veg out on the couch oh well that was uh, the longest we've done in a while except for maybe when we talked about JFK and um, Andrew
2: Jackson that was a pretty long one I know we went over you know what Our one with Eleanor Roosevelt was also very long. That's true. Our First ladies was also long. That's true.
3: Okay, so I shouldn't say that. There has been a few recently that have been pretty long. But, you know, this was a really long year. And there was a lot of things in my notes that I didn't really even get to. Um, you know, we could have easily just put a compilation of all of our mini episodes for like 12 hours in this, but that wouldn't have been any fun. Um, so I hope that you enjoyed our kind of like rundown on the year. Um, Happy New Year. Happy 2021 to everybody in a few days. This will be December 28th. Like I said, we're not even at Christmas in our reality yet. So hopefully everybody is going to stay home and stay safe this new year. Uh, Don't get into big gatherings. Again, I don't know why I'm lecturing you all. If you listen to us, I'm sure you are very like minded as us. Vaccine's coming. You vaccine's guys. coming just hang in there. Hang in there. It's just a little bit longer. It's chillier outside. Like get some cocoa and like binge watch The Mandalorian and The Crown you know what else are you gonna do
2: yeah and I do want to remind everybody we do have an ask me anything Q&A episode coming up so if you have anything at all that you would like to ask us or kind of virtually talk to us about please submit those questions to us Um, we will be accepting those through I think January 18th question yes I said Uh, I said January 18th
3: last time I'm gonna stick with January 18th just to make sure that we have everything so that we can compile it before. So we're not, you know, just in a disorganized mess. You know, no one wants that. Yes, exactly. So So if you have questions for us, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. I have been checking the Facebook page and approving people more often so uh, yes because there was that t- it was like 37 people waiting to get in and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry so now i'm starting to stay on top of it more so a few of you have been let in recently welcome start chatting in there let's get it going i want to start chatting with you all um because i love doing it individually you would all love each other so much so what else um oh we have a twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp podcast why podcast you can also rate and review us on apple Podcasts. we appreciate it so much it is the thing that helps us out the most and you will be featured on reviews day tuesday on our instagram last but not least go ahead and let's do us on radio public it is a free way for you to listen and it helps us just a teeny tiny bit that's all we got for you today happy new year everybody with all that being said we encourage you